What's going on, everyone? It's Cole Cruz, and you're listening to the KC of the Movies podcast for the 26th, 28th, sorry, 28th of June, 2019. Got me days mixed up there. 28th of June, 2019. It's not a Thursday, but it's a Friday. Um, had some things pop up. Um, and that thing being my sleep. I had to sleep um, because I had, my sleeping pattern recently has been really fucked up. Um... Uh, I've already broken my first rule of this podcast anyway. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be talking about some animated films in this podcast and uh, I just broke my first rule and I said I wasn't going to swear on this podcast. <laughs> and, uh, well, that rule's already broken and, uh, you know, you wouldn't be listening to um, the KC Movies podcast if you hadn't heard an F-word slip here and there. Uh, yeah, so as mentioned... On uh, May's Recommendations podcast earlier in the week, I am going to be talking about Toy Story 4 in this podcast and another animated franchise that I have not watched nor covered on the um, podcast. And I'll get to that um, later on. But um, the main story being Toy Story 4. Uh, went and saw that last Thursday, opening night. Um, myself being a big Toy Story fan, was looking forward to... Um, after seeing, I think, the second trailer, I was looking forward to it because at first I wasn't really looking forward to it. I, you could say that I was very skeptical when they announced that they were doing a Toy Story 4. And I didn't think you needed to see another Toy Story, definitely after Toy Story 3, back in 2010. And I didn't think we needed, needed another one because I thought the stories, toys, um, the Toy Stories were all, <laughs> Toy Stories, were already uh, wrapped up. And I just didn't think we needed any more stuff, but... If you have any more information, um, I, I, I trust Pixar to make a second or a sequel. I mean, even a... Um, what, what's a fourth film in a series? Like a quadrille or something? Um, if you want to make and add another film onto it, I trust Pixar now. I mean, after we had um, Incredibles 2, uh, it was a good movie. Um, you know, minus your kind of cookie-cutter villain, I think Incredibles 2 is a good movie and it focused a lot more. Uh, it focused on a very important aspect of family with the Parr family and uh, being a fan of the first Incredibles really enjoyed the second Incredibles and I said uh, actually in my letterbox review it was kind of it was on par with the first one I think um, I think that obviously the villain syndrome is better than the than screen slaver but um, I think they're both kind of the I mean it's both in the enjoyment part department I think they're kind of the same so love Toy Story if one Toy Story is actually my favorite animated franchise um let it be known that um, I mean, when I was a kid, I watched Toy Story one, and then uh, yeah, Toy Story. The first two Toy Stories were definitely my childhood, and then when Toy Story three came out, and then you have that scene at the end. Uh, by the way, before we get into um, more talking about any Toy Stories, there's going to be some spoilers for the whole Toy Stories franchise, so just be aware of that. I'm not going to spoil Toy Story four, but I will be I will be spoiling the first three Toy Stories. Because if you, have, you know, if you haven't seen any of the first three Toy Stories, I don't know why you're going to see Toy Story Four. Um, I mean, you you should know that you got to watch the other. It's like it's like the MCU. You got to watch the previous one to get the next one. Um, well, recently it, that's been the way it, that's been the case anyway. Uh, so I love the first three movies. I think they're some of the best animated films of all time, and it is my favorite animated franchise. Um, the voice cast is incredible. The, the message of, of just friendship and um, I guess like um, defining who you are, I guess. It, it really rang true during my childhood and it, it um, definitely after when uh, when I saw Toy Story 3, I would have been, I mean, when I was in 2010, so I would have been, uh, well, I would have been in year six, almost year seven in 2010. Uh, no, what am I? What am I thinking? Uh, fucking, I'm on crack. <laughs> I would have just been graduating uh, year ten, I think. Or is that 2012? I'm on some shit. I'm on some shit today, ladies and gentlemen. I think that would have been year eight. Yeah, yeah, it would have been year eight. So, yeah, 2008. I was in year six in 2008. This is me trying to work out maths live on the air. Yeah, I was, I was year six, 2008. So it was uh, year eight, yeah. 
it was um, so it would have been in year eight when I was at um, St. Pius, Adamstown. Uh, if anyone's listening, who goes that twice? Yeah, cool. Fellow, um, I don't know what we called them. I don't know what we did call ourselves. Just people of pious, I guess. Anyway, going off topic. Um, so I was. Uh, it was. It was. A, it was a big part of my journey. I think growing up in, in terms of, um, uh, you know cinema and animated film i was actually growing a little cynical of animated films when i was getting into definitely getting into like um being in year nine year 10 year 11 i was definitely getting a bit more um cynical of animated films and i just thought they were for kids and um i didn't really watch many of them i didn't watch many of them that's why i'm in my adulthood i'm revisiting most of the walt disney films so but Toy Story was the only film, Toy Story 3 was the only film I actually did watch because I've seen the first two and I was like, well, I've seen the first two. I've got to watch the third one. And then I loved the third one. And it made me cry like a bitch at the end. Now, if you know what I'm talking about, you know it, yeah. You definitely know what I'm talking about when I say the tears were rolling. Um, so, loved the first three films and I was very, I was, I was very skeptical. When they announced that it was uh, a Toy Story 4, I was very skeptical. Even though we had a lot of success with Incredibles 2, I was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? You got to, you got to win me over here. You got to, you got to convince me that we need this fourth film. And I go into the theater on Thursday night. I sit down and we open with a beautiful scene in the rain. And it is... I just cannot get over and express how much, how far the animation has come in these films. It's photorealistic. It's, it's fucking incredible. Um, sorry. Uh, but it, it, it is, it's fucking incredible. It's a really great scene in the rain to do with a certain character. I'm not going to spoil anything. As I said, do with a certain character and it is just phenomenal. The rain looks like rain. Uh, the blemishes on the toys and everything and all the little attention to detail. I just couldn't get over it. It fucking amazed me. It was, it was just, wow. I was blown away, already blown away by the animation and really, really, really loved this opening scene. So then I was talking to myself, I was like, okay, this is where, this is where you got to hook me. Do we need the Toy Story 4? Do we need need it? And I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to say that, happy to say really, that Toy Story 4 is awesome it's it's definitely um i wouldn't say it's completely necessary but um it definitely is a really really good film it adds on to the journey and the um of of woody and the character depth of all these toys that we've grown to love for the years and it even adds more layers onto them as well um although a few take the sidelines but we do get um a very very satisfying I want to call it a conclusion to this franchise. Um, Disney has said that they're not ruling out a uh, Toy Story 5. I don't think we need one. But um, if they want to do another one, I mean, yeah, sure. But it's got to be the same quality as we're getting here in Toy Story 4. Uh, But I just don't think we do need... After seeing this film wrap up the way it did, I just don't think we need a Toy Story uh, 5. Because... Tom Hanks and Tim Allen themselves said they were not returning for a sequel unless it was a, a well-earned sequel and and something that they could, um, you know, uh, like a, some, a good conclusion to the story. If there was more story to tell, that's when Tom Hanks and Tim Allen would come back to it. And uh, yeah, this movie is fantastic. Uh, it's the funniest Toy Story by far. It, there's a lot of a lot of laugh out loud moments, um, a lot of great visual gags. Uh, it's great seeing all the. T- I mean, it, it's just nostalgia hits you in, in the fucking ribs. Like, you see all the toys again. You got you got Ham, Mr. Potato Head, Rex, uh, Slinky Dog. You got Woody, um, Buzz Lightyear. Even got Bonnie's new toys. Like they are. I think it's um, Mr. Prickle Pants. I think it was the Hedgehog. You got the Unicorn. You got um, Dolly. And uh, it's great seeing all these toys together. Oh, you got. You, of course, you have Jesse and Bullseye from uh number two and then uh 
But this is where I want to get into what this movie is definitely about. This movie is really about Woody. Um, because there is a there is a kind of moment in this film where you think where Woody is looking like he's been forgotten. He's been around for a very long time. He's gone from Andy to Bonnie. And um, he's been around for a while. He's always been attached to a kid um, or someone to play with because that he just thinks that that is who he is. And I think there's as soon as as soon as we get introduced to our new character Forky, voiced by Tony Hale, um, that is when this movie just really, really get digs into it and. Um, shows so much character depth and just how far these again how far these movies have come how far these characters have come and just how far woody himself has come um he's kind of like a father figure in this film with um with forky but he's also kind of like setting himself a new kind of path in life because again as soon as we're introduced to forky there's just a new um there's a new avenue that woody can go that woody that the that film allows Woody to go down, and I just love that how the way that was explored during this film. Um, to me, the, the Toy Stories have always been, you know, central around Woody. It's always been Woody central, and it's always been his story. I think. I mean, even though you've got like uh, it was all about Buzz Lightyear's kind of story, number two, but and number one. Um, but we've always, I think, the main character has always been Woody. And this really, really, really does a fantastic job of, I think, wrapping up um, Woody's story. Because it feels like this is the end. It feels like he's going into retirement. Um, it's like a metaphor for retirement, I think. Um, just just the way that everything kind of pans out during the story. Um, as, as you guys know that Bo Peep is in this film again, um, there's a nice... Uh, I can't spoil it. Too, I don't want to spoil it too much, but... The, um, just the way the way they handle Bo Peep in this movie is is so good, and the message behind her as well, and her impact on Woody, and she just looks awesome. I love her new uh, new kind of outfit, her new um, just the way she looks. Uh, she, she's got the um, Billy Goat and Gruff, the sheep, and uh, she's got new toys because she is uh, she's she was a lost toy. And this is what uh, I think this this film does a good job as well, telling you why Bo Peep was missing from number three. And uh, I just like the way that that was kind of um, explained. And then yeah, we're all thinking that in the beginning of number three, um, Rex kind of mentions Bo in the beginning of the film, and then Woody says, "Yeah, Bo." And then we don't kind of get what's happened there. Um, it seems that uh, Molly, who's Andy's sister, has sold. Um, uh, boat peep to another person and that is answered in this film in a really satisfying way and a gorgeous scene and um yeah it's 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 it, it really is uh woody's story um and i, I said before that some characters were sidelined and one of them is buzz lightyear i think buzz he's i mean he, he's definitely had a a, a lot He's been the second main character, pretty much. You have Tom Hanks and, and Tim Allen. They've been the same, the, the two main characters of the film, Woody and Buzz. And Buzz here takes a bit of a... Yeah, he, he takes a bit of a sideline because we focus in this movie on Forky and Woody. And as I said, it's all about Woody. It's, this is his end. Um, and and how you get there? Well, it's all about the... Uh, it's all about the journey and the friends you make along the way, isn't it? Um, and with, with Buzz as well, I think, I think there's, could be more avenues to explore with him, but I, again, I love the film, the way the film concludes with him and Woody, um, how they connect the two, because the series, again, as I said, Woody, but it's always been also then them two and the way that they conclude them two and like have a, um, make a final connection between them two during those final moments i just think was such an emotional gut punch and it just is executed so beautifully uh we have got gabby gabby is our villain 
uh, in the film. And I just love, without spoiling anything, I just, again, love the way she was handled. I thought she was, I thought they were going to go down a different, a, a certain route with her. And I thought it was going to be, uh, it just wasn't what I was expecting. I'll just say that. It wasn't what I was expecting. And I just loved how she was handled as well. And what, what happens with her in the film um, as well. Um, so as for the plot, uh, it's pretty much is, uh, if you guys have sort of seen the trailer, Woody... Uh, Bonnie brings home a new toy named Forky that she makes in preschool and Forky uh, voiced by Tony Hale again is uh, he doesn't know who he is he and that's where we kind of get our kind of existential crisis um, kind of themes he doesn't know who he is and then he is kind of I just I just love the way we're playing with such complex themes here in the fourth one and and I, I just can't, I can't, I just can't spoil it. I can't spoil it how it, how that, it, like it's all handled and how it goes down. But I'm just trying to be, I know I'm being really, really vague with everything, but I just, I, you need to watch this movie to, to um, just understand everything and really appreciate how they've done this. Uh, I think Josh Cooley's did a fantastic job for his first directorial debut um, because this is his first film in the, in the Prixar universe. And I think this is actually his first film for real. Uh, but I think Josh Cooley's did a, um, he's did a really, really good job. Really, really, really good job. And uh, this film does a really lovely way of paying tribute to Don Rickles and um, John Stanton. Uh, Don Rickles was the voice of uh, Miss Potato Head and John Stanton was one of the original screenwriters of the original Toy Story. And... Um, this film's just beautiful. The new additions are great too. Key and Peel as Bunny and Dougie. Great comedic moments from them. Ne um, never missed one of those. It was always hit with me. And of course, our star, uh, our MVP, Keanu Reeves as Duke of Boom, uh, Captain Canada himself. Uh, he is really, really great at the film. I, I love the way he gets lost in his character. And uh, Duke of Boom is really going to be that Disney's going to sell a lot of fucking toys. I'll tell you that right now. They're going to sell a lot of toys at Duke of Boom. Um, they're not going to have any shortage of <laughs> sales with that. And um, uh, yeah, just he was he was such a great addition because uh, we, we always get some really great additions. I, I love the, the additions they, they put into Toy Story, like Toy Story 2. I mean, I'm not really a fan of um, Stinky Pete. Kelsey Grammer number two, but Jesse and Bullseye we get number two, and then at number three we get all of Bonnie's toys. Um, the unicorn has some great lines in this movie as well, some great comedic lines. Um, I'm not too sure what his name was, but uh, he's he's just very funny. I, I remember in the first film that he was actually um, he was uh, no in the third film, sorry, he had uh, you know he had, he had his lines every now and then. He had the great improv line. And then in this film, he's kind of sinister. He has sort of some sinister intentions. But I'm not saying any villain aspect, but he just has some great lines that come off as a bit sinister. And uh, I was, <laughs> it surprised me where they went with the, uh, the old unicorn. Um, but, yeah, this... What, what, else, what more can I say? Um, this movie's great. It's, it's really, really good. It's... Um, it's everything you could want in a Toy Story sequel. Uh, if they have any more story to tell, yes, they do. I do believe this adds more, not just more story to these characters, not more, um, uh, not uh, gives them more things to do, but it most importantly, and gives them so much more depth and adds more meat to them as they're fucking toys, but they feel like people that we know. And I just love the whole the whole themes and messages of this movie of of um, becoming uh, exploring your avenues, becoming a different, you know, trying something new, um, not being defined of a certain um, of who you've been really. And um, I think, like you were, you know, because you have you've been. Um, I, I'm trying. I'm going to try and articulate this the best as I can. Because you, you know, have been born in a certain way, you've been, I mean, I guess the toys are born when Andy, what's the nail on their foot? 
when you're born a certain way that doesn't forever that doesn't make you you know who you'll um who you were probably born to be it's who you want to be in the end and um uh in our final moments of this movie it's 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 an it's very emotional it's fucking sad man <laughs> and um but it's like it's like really happy it's a happy sad it's not it's not like holy shit I'm, it's not incinerator scene from toy story 3 it's it's just it's just so beautifully wrapped up and i couldn't get over it the animation is incredible as i said very photorealistic uh there's the, the, the opening scene in the rain uh the antique shop is fantastic as well bit of cob like the cobwebs look so fucking real man uh up on, on up on the roof and um up when there there's a scene where they're going all across on the on the beams in the roof and the cobwebs just look they look real they're fuck crazy they look real um, this movie surprisingly as well has some kind of horror elements in it as well especially in this antique store because we do spend most of the time in the movie inside this antique store um, second chance goods which definitely plays into the theme of the film um, but yeah this um, this movie has a genuine jump scare I'll say that it has a genuine jump scare that I was not expecting at all um, if you've seen the trailer, you know that Gabby Gabby's kind of minions look like, uh, dolls. It kind of resembles Slappy from Goosebumps for me anyway. Um, and they're fucking scary as shit, those ventriloquist dummies. Um, and I just couldn't help but see Slappy in all of them. And, um, there's a, there's a few scenes of them that could be scary to young kids. So just be wary of that. Uh, if you're taking those, if you're taking the youngins into that one. Uh, and yeah, there is literally a genuine jump scare that I just was not expecting. Got me, got my sister really well. Popcorn went up in the air. It was fucking hilarious. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was really, really good. So yeah, it, all in all, Toy Story 4, it's a record, high recommendation for me. Definitely go, um, check it out. Um, uh, if you love the Toy Story films, you're definitely going to love this one. Um, uh, but I have... I have heard from people that weren't as hot on it, but I think you're going to find some enjoyment in it, at least. It'd be great to see all the toys again, and I just love the way this film even adds more meat and more depth to these characters that we've known for since 1995. It's crazy how long it's been. This whole franchise, how long it's been. And um, to segue into my next... Our secret animated franchise I want to talk about. This movie, when I when I finished Toy Story 4, I walked out of the cinema and I was like, that has got to be, Toy Story to me has got to be the most consistent animated franchise of all time. So far. Has to be the most consistent animated franchise of all time. Because I think of other animated franchises and I just can't think of one that not only improves on the latest one, on the um, on the one that came before it, but just adds more layers and, and of course depth to the makes you love the characters more, gives them more things to do, and um, that's what great sequels should do, in my opinion. Um, so I, I said that, and I just couldn't think of anything else that would could could rival that. And uh, my housemate, he said, "Well, there's a certain other animated series that." is just as good as Toy Story, but they don't have four films, but all three films are great. And that animated series, guys, is How to Train Your Dragon. Um, yes. We're going to be talking about How to Train Your Dragon, all three movies. Because I hadn't seen them. So I couldn't say that that would kind of rival the Toy Story films, even though it doesn't have four, but I couldn't think of any... Actually, yeah, again, I couldn't think of a franchise that not only improved on the last one, which is, you know, better than the last one. Uh, although I'd probably rank... If I give my... If I to give my definitive ranking of Toy Story films, it would probably be uh, one, three, four, two, I'd say. Um, there you go. There's my quick ranking of those. Um, I've had some time to think about it, and I definitely think two is my least favorite. Um, but... Yeah, I hadn't seen these films, How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, they're a DreamWorks animated franchise. Um, I, I knew that, but I just never got around to watching them. Uh, I thought it was kind of a, they were kind of a hit and miss, I think. that's That was just my intentions. And to be fair, How to Train Your Dragon was released back in 2010, and that's when I was kind of cynical 
and we're not kind of very cynical about just animated films be like oh that's for kids blah blah, blah. I'm not going to enjoy it and the second one 2014 um, came out in 2014 and I would have been in what year 12 I think and and, and uh, I still wasn't just, I was I was less cynical but I was still just like nah, nah not interested so this week I sat down and watched all three How to Train Your Dragon films and holy shit they are amazing um wow what the fuck was I missing out on? <laughs> uh, these movies are not only just also just beautiful movies. Um, they they look great. I will say the first animated film was a bit outdated. Um, just like just like you know, nineteen ninety five's Toy Story is definitely doesn't catch up to today's standards. But uh, for 2010, uh, maybe it wasn't like they didn't get enough budget or something like that, but it just doesn't look. There's very there's a there's a few scenes where I was like, oh, that doesn't look good. But you know, I'm used to all the you know the crazy animation we get nowadays, so I'm just you know, there's nothing weird. It's not fair to me to, to, to shit on the animation there uh, because you know that was the first one came back came out in uh, 2010. But um, if you're not aware of How to Train Your Dragon, it's a, a, a animated franchise done by DreamWorks uh, who did Shrek and um, it's about a Viking named to- um, Hiccup sorry and he uh, his vi- his village of Burke um, he lives with his um, father Stoic played by Jared Butler who I think is incredible in the role um, as a voice actor wow and uh, he mainly trains with um Gobba, who's played by uh, Craig Ferguson, who's also Scottish. And of course, their accent's definitely suited. It's weird having two Scottish people, I mean, mostly Scottish people, and then you've got like Jay Baruchel, who plays um, Hiccup, voices him. And I, I will admit, it was kind of jarring at first to hear him speak. And I was like, that doesn't really look like it fits. But then like you watch the films and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm used to it now. So they're a village named Burke, and they hunt dragons. Dragons come around, uh, I'm not too, uh, like quite often, and they like terrorize their village. They take their sheep and terrorize their village. And a big kind of, I think a birthright, I think, of these Vikings in the village is you got to kill a dragon. Once you, once you kill a dragon, you're considered like, you know, a full on Viking. And Hiccup is like the complete opposite of that. He's definitely an outcast of the whole village, and he's definitely looked down upon, um, especially from his father, Stoic. And um, what happens is he there is a dragon named uh, the Night Fury, and uh, they're kind of like the rarest dragon species, and uh, no one has been able to capture one yet. So Hiccup one night uh, during that one dragon attack, which is the opening scene of the film, he takes down a Night Fury, and uh, he goes up to you know to inspect it. And, uh, you know, they, there's some hesitation at first, but a relationship builds between Hiccup and this Night Fury dragon. Now, before I get into more stuff, I want to say I'm going to spoil all three of these movies. So, I want to say, before I start spoiling them, I want to say that these films are incredible. Uh, They are some of the best animated films I've ever seen. I think just the, the emotional bond I got from them uh, it just really hit me hard. Uh, it's not better than Toy Story for me. I think Toy Story is still my favorite, but I just thought it was interesting that I wasn't thinking of any of animated franchises that would come close. And oh my god, this franchise very much comes close. Um, because this franchise spans from 2010 2019, so nine years. Uh, because we just got the third one, Hidden World, in March, I believe, this year. Now we get, uh, it was just fitting also that both of these movies kind of last movies came out this year in 2019, March and then June. So it's kind of like fitting that I'm doing, like not comparing them, but like talking about them both um, on the same platform. So I'll just give some spoiler free thoughts first of all of of, uh, this whole franchise. And then I'm going to get into spoiler stuff and I'm going to, what, what I did like, what I did like about this movie is and just what works mostly for me. Um, so I think if you're a pet owner, you're definitely going to fucking love this franchise. Um, it just, it just, 
the way it handles a relationship between a person and their pet definitely like just really hits home for me um i own a lot of dogs um i've got um two dogs at my family's home uh, maverick is a english staffy and scooby is a um, toy poodle we've also got another dog that was given this given to us by my cousin um he's a boxer named costa and i now at this um at this house with my two good mates um we have a pug named milo so we've got another dog so like all my most of my life been surrounded by dogs i mean my first dog was a richback named tyson and then we had a um king charles spaniel uh ella and then we had uh, and then we got maverick when he was a little puppy and then we've had maverick ever since his little one and we've grown up i just think that um if you haven't a very if you have a very emotional bond with your pet you're not gonna do well <laughs> with these movies you're gonna cry <laughs> Uh, but I just think that it just handles that in such a way and no other movie, not even not even Marley and Me, sorry, has hit me in such a way as a pet owner, as a, as a dog owner. Um, special relationship with my oldest, Maverick, that as no movie has hit me before. This, this movie, I was just like, I was not, I wouldn't say bawling, but I was very, very fucking close. And I was like, my heart was just being ripped to shreds. <laughs> Um, so I, I think the voice cast is good um, Jay Baruchel really really fits the, t- the hiccup um, voice and uh, actually before we get into stuff like that I've got to obviously explain the plot so Toothless um, Hiccup sorry Toothless is the name of the dragon Hiccup doesn't want to kill the dragon because this is what the Vikings do they've got to kill the dragon um, so he makes actually makes start making friends with Toothless uh, with the dragon because he names his toothless because his teeth are attractable and at first he's like oh you're toothless so he names him toothless and it's pretty much about this whole series is definitely about the relationship um between toothless and hiccup and how that evolves through these th- three films um you've also got um you've got like the village kind of children that are also learning to take on the dragons you've got snotlout played by jonah hill fish legs played by christopher vince Blass. You have um, Tough Nut and Rough Nut. Tough Nut. Tough Nut is played by. I'm gonna say Kristen because it's hard because they're twins. So it's like I think mean, so. Tough Nut and Rough Nut are Kristen Wiig and uh, T.J. Miller, and then you've got Astrid played by America Ferrera, and um, they're kind of like hiccups. Kind of, it's his peers. I'll say that his peers. And, um, cause I don't want to spoil what like happens through the, the next three, next two movies after number one, but, uh, they're kind of his peers and they kind of look down on him because he's a, definitely an outcast of the village and Toothless is, feels like an outcast of the dragon species because he's, he's the last night fury. And, um, that makes their bond even more special, I think. And then a certain thing happens and, and I just like the way that the first movie for me, um, for example, how how it bonds toothless and hiccup the way it does it i just think is very creative and uh wasn't expecting it and i just thought it was very very creative and it got me it got me got me good um the, just just dragons in it dude if you love dragons dragons are in this fucking franchise there's uh, so many dragons there's just dragons galore so you got you got a great voice cast great performances um definitely joe baruchel really hits home in the, in the last two movies and um i say last two because the third one is supposed to be the last one so um I don't know, no word on if we get any more sequels but i think the director dean Deblois has said that this is the last one um so i don't know if we get any more probably not and i will get when i get to number three when i get to talking about number three i'll i'll kind of get into why they don't they probably could finish here for number three um and uh it's just a great adventure i mean the first one is very very straightforward and because it's about toothless and hiccup and what um the kind of the plot is that there's another dragon that's threatening to um we, first of all you've got the kind of you think that the vikings are the antagonist then it ends up being something completely different and just the way that tick up and hoof and tick up <laughs> hiccup and toothless have to work together to deplete um defeat that threat 
is great. And this movie get, it gets dark, man. It gets, I wasn't expecting how dark these movies get, um, just in terms of tugging on those heartstrings. Uh, but, oh boy, it succeeds. And uh, it's just really, really fun. Um, and I swear that, yeah, I just I just cannot emphasize enough. If you're a pet owner, you are going to break, break down. <laughs> you are going to... You're probably going to get checked into hospital. <laughs> because, uh, wow. This movie... These movies just love just saying, Hey, so you know how you love your pet? <laughs> um, and that's not anything bad. But, you know, it's it's all about the bond. It's all about the bond you have with your pet. And it's just... It's just, it's, it's just executed that so fucking well. Um, so that's all I can really give a spoiler free thoughts. Um, great voice cast. Great relationship between our two main characters, Toothless and Hiccup. Toothless is a great comedic relief in the film. He's so fucking cute as well. The animation is great. Um, his eyes. Oh my god. His eyes, man. They're hypnotizing. They're puppy dog-like. And just the way all the visual gags they do with Toothless. It's just a really, really fun-loving, um, very, very heartwarming franchise so i really recommend you check out um how to train your dragon because i wasn't expecting it to be like this and i was just blown the fuck away so high recommendations for me there right let's get into spoilers so if you guys have seen if you guys are listening you've seen the how to train dragon franchise let's get into some more finer details um the first one for me was pretty good it was pretty good uh, while I liked the relationship between Hiccup and Toothless, um, I thought the kind of relationship between Astrid and Hiccup was a bit rushed. I think they could have done that in, in the movie two and then worked on it more in movie three, obviously, and you know, through movie two, movie three, evolved that relationship. I think you just if you, if you just focused more on Hiccup and I keep saying Hiccup, dude, um, Hiccup and Toothless, I think it could have been more uh, powerful, even though it's not if it's not powerful enough for you, fuck, but. I think it could have been better, I think, if it just was t- uh, Hiccup and Toothless were, like, the main... I mean, they are kind of the main thing, but you do have, like, a lot of side stuff going on as well. I just think it was a bit more focused. I think I really enjoyed the first movie more. I definitely enjoy these last two movies more than I did the first one. Um, and, yeah, Joe Butler was just surprised the shit out of me playing a stoic, um, his father. Um, he was great. And I love how the side characters are not annoying. You can you can kind of see. I mean, you you can't see in most movies nowadays that side characters do get annoying, and um, if they're done in a bad way. Um, but I've got something to say about number three of how that how, how that how that goes. Um, and they don't get annoying. That that like you could definitely the characters are rough nut and tough nut. You could probably see if they get annoying, but they never get on my nerve. I think mean, they they fit the kind of the. Uh, the group well of the kids. Kids have become adults. Fuck. And um, it's a great coming of age story as well. Uh, of Hiccup. Again. And I. Because this is how I link these two. It's like. Who you were. It's not who you were born to be. It's who you want to be. And Hiccup doesn't want to hurt dragons. I mean he's born. He's been raised. To say that. You know. T- um, to believe that dragons are a threat. And he needs to protect himself against them and, and hurt them. And um, I think the first movie definitely carries a great message of like nurturing animals and being kind to animals. And they'll, you know, hopefully be kind to you. Jeez. But I wouldn't be stuck with it in the outback with a brown snake. Because uh, they'll get you. I've, I've had my experience there. Um, close to it anyway. And... Um, I think, I think, as I said, pet owners are definitely going to see themselves in Toothless and Hiccup. Especially if their relationship has spanned over a number of years. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's the first one. That's how I thought of it first. One. I thought it was pretty good. But let's get on to number two, which is um, just wow. <laughs> Talk about making a sequel and not only improving on your characters, but adding so much more depth and just just fucking great plot points <laughs> that um, really evolve who we've known in the first one and who, who, who we've, um, we're going to come to love, obviously, through this whole franchise. Um, and, you know, I speak of, obviously, Hiccup and Toothless, but we meet Valka in this one, who's Toothless um, Hiccup's lost mother, played by Kate Blanchett. 
and um, you've got a villain in this one, like a really, really real villain, um, Drago, um, Drago Bloodfist, played by Shaman Honsu. And he wants to use the dragons as an army and use them um, kind of uh, set off a war between the dragons and the humans. Because now after number one, dragons and humans live in harmony. And the dragons actually, uh, the humans actually have dragons as pets. The people who live in Burke have dragons as pets. And um, yeah, uh, they live, they were, they were living in harmony, but now there's a threat now of Drago Bloodfist to turn these dragons against the humans because he can use dragons as a kind of a, you know, a power move, obviously. He wants to be a, 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 a pretty much a warlock, <laughs> I'm going to say, to take over the world. It's one of those classic villains, guys. Um, so I didn't think there was like too much to um, Jaime and um, Honsu's Drago Bloodfist, but I think this movie definitely is more about family um, and... Um, whether that's like family that you've, you know, that, that are, that are not your immediate family. Um, Toothless and Hiccup are definitely family. Um, and this one, they're very close together. I mean, we've got a relationship now with, um, Hiccup and, um, Astrid. They're together now. Um, and when we get to number three, we'll start talking about family there. Um, but there's just so many events in this film that are so fucking well executed and just hit hit me just hit me hard that it's it's just an excellent excellent follow-up to the first one um the death of stoic was very very um hard hitting i was not i was not expecting that at all i was fucking not expecting that at all not expecting it and to even deliver a bigger gut punch it's toothless to do it. Toothless is the one that does it. Under the... Obviously, we know he's under the um, control of the Alpha Dragon. But um, to have Toothless be the one... The one that Hiccup loves and trusts. To have him be the one to take out Stoic. I mean, you could... You could you, any... I think any lesser director or kind of writers would have Stoic just die in battle with the dragons and or die by Drago Bloodfist. But to have him die... Um, by Toothless's hand was just, or I should say flame, uh, was just, holy shit, <laughs> was so much, it just has so much more impact. And um, it was so well executed. And you got the moment of just like, Hiccup saying, like, go, go, go to Toothless, go, go. And then you're crying because Toothless is just, he doesn't know what he's done wrong because he's under control of the fucking Alpha Dragon. I'm crying right now, fuck me. Um, oh, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. And it's fucking sad. Um, yeah. And then you've got the great, just the two great events of Toothless, just pretty much realizing his, not even realizing his full power, realizing he has more power than he has. I mean, you've got one, uh, the bit where Valka, um, unlocks his kind of spine, and then that allows him to have more power because then he gets more electricity. And then he goes, as my housemate called it, Super Saiyan, at the end of the film against the Alpha Dragon, knocks out one of his horns. Um, and him becoming the Alpha Dragon, and you've got, because Stoic is dead, he's no longer chief. So Hiccup becomes chief. So you've got Hiccup becoming chief and Toothless becoming a... Um, the Alpha Dragon. And I just love how it's... We continue on the themes of coming of age. That these two... These two... Just... Things. They're just animated things. There is an animated man and an animated dragon. After two days after watching th these films... I just cannot believe that I've been so attached... I've become so attached to these creations. Um, and it was just... It's just beautiful how both of them... So, the difference... I mean, the events being kind of similar, but different. Um, coming into a new kind of destiny, I'll say. These two characters. And um, what a great conclusion to the second film. What a great conclusion. Um, yeah, really, really was a big fan of the second film. Loved it. Um, 
but I tell you what, I didn't cry as much as I did in, um, well, I didn't really, as I said, I wasn't, I was close to crying, um, but I was more upset in number three. So let's get into number three. This is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. It wasn't given a number. They decided to give it a subtitle because it's all about Toothless finds that there is another Night Fury. They call a Light Fury. Um, you have a villain played by Grimmel, um, uh, a villain named Grimmel, who is on the hunt for all the other Night Furies um, and wants to kill every last one of them. Toothless obviously in danger. And then you have the Light Fury, who I think should be named. I don't know if she has a name yet. Um, I'm not, I don't know. We had a debate with my housemate of what to call the new Light Fury, but uh, yeah, I wasn't too sure what to what to come up with yet. If you have any, if any suggestions, if you guys have seen this franchise, if you have any suggestions, I mean, you should have seen this franchise if I'm talking about spoilers right now. You got any uh, ideas for the names of the Light Fury? Throw them my way. I might just do some research after this anyway and see if there's actually people that did name them. Um, but in this film, yes, uh, Grimmel is trying to t- kill all the Night Furies, and this film is this is this is definitely the culmination of one big journey between Hiccup and Toothless. They've known each other since they were little. They've grown together as human and dragon. We hate to say that, but grown together as human and dragon, o- owner and pet, um, and their bond has got stronger and stronger each film. Um, we go stronger in the first one, but as we've reached the third one, they are inseparable, as we'll say. We'll say that inseparable. Um, and there is a there's a scene at the end that is going to make you cry. If you are a dog owner, um, just if you're a pet owner in general, if you're a pet owner in general, uh, just the it's just it's it just makes sense, man. It just makes sense. To, to be to have this whole journey with Hiccup and Toothless and then at the end them having to, the inseparable pair having to separate because of a bigger thing that Toothless wants oh it's just I can't I just can't I've got I've, I'm, I'm watering right now fuck me <laughs> um it's just gorgeous it's just gorgeous beautiful beautiful storytelling and what a great arc that toothless both toothless and hiccup have had together over these three films i just i, I uh, yeah i'm so glad i watched these movies i'm so glad i finally watched them because this is definitely one of definitely the second best now to toy story the second best animated arc i've seen um because everything else was just you know they hit it in the first movie and it just kind of goes downhill after that. And I just can't think of anything else that is better. Um, and I wanted to find a franchise that kind of has the same, I felt kind of has the same themes. Um, not all the same themes, but shared some of the same themes and had a kind of an arc that finished. Um, because we don't know if, um, because I mentioned Incredibles before, you know, how that second film was good as well. We don't know if that's finished it, if the, if, um, if the director has more, um, Brad Bird, sorry, has more, um, story to tell there. So we don't know. Um, I don't want to, I just want to find out of another franchise that had a very satisfying arc that everybody loved, especially my housemate. He loved it. Uh, and I found it. I just found it with this franchise. This was incredible. I watched this. I watched all these three of his movies in a marathon kind of way um, about two days ago, and I've been. I can't stop thinking about them. Um, I miss my dog. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home tomorrow anyway. I'm back back to my um, house in um, Newcastle tomorrow to because I got to go work on Saturday, so I got to stay there again tomorrow. And um, I'm going to give that dog a lot of lots of hugs and kisses and lots of love because this film impacted me that much. These films impacted me that much that um, you know you kind of wish you want a dragon, but I'm I'm okay with having a dog. I'm happy having another dog. Um, I'm getting a puppy. Fuck it. I don't know. Can't do that. We're getting too excited here. We're getting too impressionable. <laughs> 
but I just go, I just cannot, I cannot emphasize how just fantastic these three films are. Um, just incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, I was blown away, just absolutely blown away. And the end, the conclusion, the final moments of number three, just again, just makes sense. It's so obvious, but it's done so fucking well. And, and it's just a beautiful sight to be seen. Oh, man. Just, that's that's how you do it. That's how you do it, and that's how you do it with Toy Story 4, with the rapid, rapid up characters, and then that's how you do it with Hey, Train Dragon. Holy fucking shit. All right. So, I obviously, I recommend both of these franchises. If you haven't seen... Now, listen. If you've been listening to this podcast, especially these spoiler moments, and you've gone, all right, so I got all these moments that happened. How's this gonna? How's it gonna? Um, like, is this gonna work for me? Well, if if that wasn't, um, you gotta see for yourself. You know, you gotta see for yourself. Uh, if you haven't seen Toy Story, I recommend it. Highly recommend it. It, it is definitely, I think, objectively with a lot of people, one of the best animated franchises of all time, if not a lot of people's best. Um, I know that my housemates definitely is Hatch Dream Dragon. And that's why a little bit of a tribute to him, I guess, as well, um, to talk about his animated franchise. Um, and I cannot stress how how great the How to Train a Dragon films are. Um, again, no comparison to Toy Story, just sharing a lot of similar themes. But um, also another great franchises with two great franchises with an with such a satisfying character arc throughout a numerous um, uh, numerous films, four with Toy Story and then three with Hattie Train and Dragon, and I've it's kind of I kind of got the same feeling. I, mean, I got a stronger feelings obviously with Toy Story, but I got the same feeling with Hattie Train and Dragon. Again, I only watched that two days ago, and it's it's crazy how much those films have impacted me over just two days and thinking about them, processing them. Um, and I think it's because I'm, I'm a, I had dogs at home. I've got a dog here. Not my dog, but, you know, she's around. And um, I'm a big animal person. And I like the message that this film definitely conveys from the start. You know, treat animals with respect. And, um, you know, they're, they're to be nurtured. It's just a beautiful message. Um, so that's it. If you haven't seen these franchises, highly recommend them. Uh, Toy Story and How to Train Dragon. Wow. Great fucking stuff. One from Disney Pixar and one from DreamWorks Animation. Whoa, boy. Great, great stuff. And just a little fun fact. All How to Train Dragon films have been um, distributed by different distributors in each film. Paramount was the first one. Uh, and then it went to 20th Century Fox for the second, and then the third one was Universal. So just a little bit of a fun fact there that I just remembered. Um, yeah. All right. So before we wrap up, we're hitting about the 50-minute mark. So before we wrap up, let's talk about the trailers that came out this week. Um, we've got... Uh, I was going to get some news, but I don't think we have... I, mean, I might just hit one of them. Uh, if, if you haven't been living under a rock... If you've been living under a rock, uh, Avengers Endgame is getting a re-release with bonus footage. Um, I think it's... I don't think it's any deleted scenes. I think it's literally just a tribute at the end. Stan Lee. And just one extra scene, I think. Um, but they are re-releasing it because they... Obviously, it is, it is it is an attempt to beat Avatar at the box office to become the highest grossing film of all time. Almost grossing $3 billion worldwide. Um... Who knows? They could make three billion. I don't, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think they're gonna make three hundred million with the release. But I think it's very possible that they could make forty million. Um, sorry about this. I think it's. I think it's possible that, it, especially that fan that's watched it one hundred and three times, he think he's he's probably gonna go back and watch it another hundred. That dude's crazy. Um, I'm just trying to find this um, the news here as well. Uh, also, to do with Endgame, uh, Tom Holland, uh, Far From Home comes out next Monday. Weird as it comes out Monday, but I think it's because they, if they're making exceptions, I guess, for Marvel films, but also could be a marketing strategy because in America it's going to be 4th of July. So, 
Could be marketing strategy. I don't know. Point is, it comes out on Monday, not Thursday. And uh, so Tom Holland's been on Graham Norton and talking about Far From Home. And he has seen... Uh, he is talking about Endgame, but he spoiled Endgame. Um, obviously, I think he probably mentioned that spoilers for Avengers Endgame here. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Avengers Endgame. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Tony Stark's dead. Uh, he probably mentioned that Iron Man that, that Iron Man died in the in the end of any game. Um, and people are mad at him. People are mad. But I just don't think that's fair. I don't think uh, you know if you if you call yourself a Marvel fan, if you're a fan of the MCU, you should have seen Endgame by now. I don't think there's any fucking excuse. Hey, you haven't seen Endgame yet. That it's also getting a re-release. So you're getting another chance to see it. And if you if you if you have been following the MCU for a while. Any any way you could have found a way to watch Endgame. I mean, if you've seen all these Marvel films, I mean, you can't say it's like a money thing or like that. Because you've seen all these Marvel films, you would have gone opening night if you're a big one, like um, this house here. You would have gone opening night. You would have gone opening week. You would have probably seen it a few times. But if you haven't seen Endgame yet, I mean, the spoilers are off anyway. Everyone's talking about it anyway. Because if so, if you don't have to spend it and if you haven't seen Endgame yet, it's on you. It's um, it's on you, really. Um, it is the second highest grossing film of all time. And if you haven't seen... I mean, even if you're not a Marvel fan, I mean, that would definitely be... People curious about going to see that, so they'll definitely go watch it. Then again, I don't know why you would watch it, because it's a combination of fucking 22 films. 21 films, sorry. It being the 22nd. Um, so, I've just, I'm on Tom's side here. If you haven't seen Endgame, it's on you. Like... It's your fault. And um, I'm being as harsh as I can there. Um, it, it's, it's yeah. He shouldn't, I have no right to be pissed. It's not fair that he's getting all this fucking backlash on it. Um, yeah, you should have seen Endgame by now. You should have seen Endgame by now. It's been months. And it's probably getting, uh, it's probably going to come on Blu-ray soon anyway. Um, so yeah, I just I just don't agree with that at all. I don't agree. I don't think that he should be just getting just absolutely plastered like this from people. Um, yeah, just kind of pissed me off a bit. Um, and that's about it. That's all. That's all. I probably I mean there's not really much news, um, but we've got some trailers that I'll get, that I want to quickly talk about before we wrap up here. Uh, one of them caught my eye. It was called Quinn and Slim because um, we, we did get quite a few, but I want to talk about the ones that kind of caught me eye here. Um, we got Quinn and Slim, That's uh, and it's Daniel Kaluuya, and a newcomer who I haven't seen before. Um, oh, I can't, this mouse isn't bloody doing anything. Jodie Turner-Smith, I haven't seen her before. Uh, she's probably been in something. Um, but I haven't, I haven't seen her in anything before. So, because it says introducing on the, um, in the credits in the, in the film, uh, in the trailer. So, um, yeah, I haven't really seen her before. So, yeah, it's called Queen and Slim. It's directed by Mila Matsukas, um, who's done Insecure on HBO. Um, she was director of the Formation video. I remember her being the director of the Formation video. Um, but... People know her definitely from doing Insecure on HBO, being the director for that um, show. Uh, so she's made a film, a feature film. And it's about Daniel Kaluuya. And uh, he's playing a, um, a dude that's going on a date with a girl. Uh, that's Jodie Turner-Smith. They go on a date and he gets pulled over for no particular reason by a police officer. And he shoots him unarmed this is this all happened in the, in the trailers it's kind of this is definitely the plot for the film i don't think this could be any spoilers but it's the plot for the film shoots him and then we kind of get we kind of looking like a bonnie and clyde situation here um it looks like it definitely looks like a, like a modern bonnie and clyde but i think using um different societal aspects of what we're experiencing nowadays in in you know today's climate um it looks interesting it looks beautiful um it kind of reminds me of moonlight actually it was weird um, two different, very different films in terms of content, but I kind of the look kind of looked 
it looks very A24-ish, the look of it, um, when A24 does their kind of sleek-looking movies, uh, when they're not doing 4x3 or they're not doing, you know, um, brainy stuff. But uh, it looks good. It, uh, I love Daniel Kaluuya. You might know him from uh, Black Mirror's second episode, 50 Million Merits, or you'll probably definitely know him from, um, probably definitely, is that a movie title? Probably definitely. I wonder if that's a rom-com done yet. I know definitely maybe, but like is the sequel, have they done a sequel called Probably Definitely? Uh, <laughs> sorry, a bit of a tangent there. Um, you'll know him as Chris from Get Out. Jordan Peele's Get Out. Uh, but he's also, he was also Widows. He played a good villain in Widows. Um, he's been around, Daniel Kaluuya. You'll probably know his face when you see him. And um, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. Um, so it's cool to see him. Um, I think I saw someone else there that I recognized, but yeah, it's, it's, I like what I'm seeing. It, it's a pretty much a modern Bonnie and Clyde with diff- this, a definitely modern societal aspect, something different from what we're experiencing nowadays. And it's kind of got that spin on it, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, uh, but it looks entertaining, looks fun. It kind of caught my eye. Um, there's a lot of trials that came out this week, but this one definitely caught my eye. I like the look of it. Looks good. Queen and Slim. Comes out, uh, January... 2020, but that's in the uh, UK. Apparently, it comes out 27th of November 2019 in the USA, one day before yours truly's birthday. Holy shit! Uh, and our second trailer we got, literally before I started the podcast, was Charlie's Angels. Um, the new one. Uh, I'm not saying it like it really just caught my eye, but um, they're if you didn't know, they're remaking a Charlie's Angels. It's been directed by Elizabeth Banks, who you guys might know from um, a lot of comedy films with uh, you know, Paul Rudd, and um, uh, you might know her from the Hunger Games movies as the, uh, the that, the, I don't know her full name, but she's, yeah, that master. She's in a lot of comedy movies, I'll say that. She's in a lot of comedy movies, and she's very funny. She's recently in Brightburn as um, the mother. And uh, she directed uh, the second Pitch Perfect movie. And she also plays that uh, the, one of the commentators of Pitch Perfect. Uh, so she's a very funny woman. So it's uh, it's interesting that she's decided to direct the new Charlie's Angels. And our new angels are Kristen Stewart, uh, Naomi Scott, and... Um, sorry, my mouse is just... Um, Ella Belinska. I've never... Belinks, Belinska, Belinska, Ella Belinska. I've never seen her before. I mean, she looks good. Um, she definitely kicks ass in the trailer. I'll tell you that. They all kick ass in the trailer. Um, we recently saw Miami Scott in uh, as Princess Jasmine in the, in the live action Aladdin film. Um, she was also in Power Rangers playing Kimberly, the Pink Ranger, and uh, Kristen Stewart. Great to see her again. I mean, she's done a lot of indie films. Um, uh, mostly working with um, Olivia Osayas. Uh, she was in Clouds of Sils Maria and uh, Personal Shopper. She was great in both of those films. And um, people who have only seen her in Twilight, I mean, you can probably look at her and be going, what the fuck she's doing in Charlie's Angels films? Guys, she's done other projects. She's actually just as good as Robert Pattinson, I think, at the moment. I think Pattinson's a little better, but I think she's doing just as good as Pattinson. So they've come a long way since Twilight, okay? Twilight was a while ago, so they're coming a long way. Um, you know, it, it looks kind of fun. Um, didn't really catch my eye too much. Uh, Banks is also right in the film as well. And new Charlie is played by Patrick Stewart. Um, and I think if they lean into the kind of camp of the original films, I think they're going to have a lot of, um, audience is going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah, the trailer didn't really grab me, but, um, our new angels look good. Um, and they, they kick, they kick butt. They kick butt. As, uh, as uh, my sister would say. <laughs> um, yeah, it just looks like, it kind of looks like a Fast and the Furious movie, but just like with, uh, you know, women on the helm. And um, yeah, it's weird. Like Hobson Shaw is coming out in August and it's kind of got the same kind of feel to it. Um, Hobson Shaw is also sporting that they have a very strong female lead for the... Um, 
Fairmont character, sorry, in the film played by Vanessa Kirby, who is in uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, she was, um, they're boasting that they've got a big female lead as well. And I think Angels is coming out in November. I think it is. Yes, it is. It's coming out in November. So uh, we've got uh, three months after uh, Hobbs and Shaw comes out. And I think the trailers just kind of look the same because it looks like they're just going over the top action. We're going to get a lot of um, ass kicking, obviously, for the ladies. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, you know, deception, disguises, stuff like that. Um, so that's what kind of expecting with this movie. So you know, I don't think it's necessary, but you know, I'll make up my mind after I see the film. I mean, it looks it, it looks fun. My housemate um, really liked the trailer, so um, no reason to bring his um, bring him down. And that's about it, guys. I'm going to wrap it up there because I'm cold as fuck because I'm outside again. Um, I'm cold. My legs are freezing and I've got to get up in the morning because I've got a big day tomorrow. Uh, well, i got to get up in the morning because I've got a big day today, actually. It's fucking 5 a.m. Holy shit. Um, yeah. So I'm going to leave you there. Next week, guys, is Far From Home. We're going to talk about Far From Home, obviously, next week. So, yeah, we're back into the MCU <laughs> as if we fucking never left. Um, we're back into the MCU. I'll be talking about Far From Home next week. I'm going to see it opening day next week on Monday, and I'll be talking about it on Thursday. Um, I'm probably going to go... I just want to give one more update. I'm going to, I'm going to skip the best of June, and I'm going to talk about the films that I want to talk about in that segment in the best of the year so far. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do best of the year so far or do the good, bad, and the meh again. Um, but, um, yeah, I'll see what happens there, but I definitely, um, will probably be, yeah, will be, um, definitely probably. I'm going to, I'm going to, I feel like I need to write that now. The universe is like looking at me and just be like, you need to write definitely probably. You keep fucking saying all the time. Um, it's, it's a, it's a sign. It's a sign for a new screenplay. Uh, I don't really see myself writing a very generic rom-com though, so... I don't know. Maybe give that to the studios to do, eh? Was that a shot at studios? You, you, you tell me. You make up your own mind. Um, yeah. So, far from home next week. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be skipping Best of June. And I'll be talking about all those films. And uh, when I do it in... Um, I'm going to probably do it around mid-July, I think. The um, best, of the work, best of the worst of the year. Just a year so far. I know people are doing their lists already, but I'm probably going to do mine around then. So, um, I'll talk to you guys next week. That was the uh, Spider-Man web shooters. All right, bye.